Arena Dynasty Football Network. That's Travis Beard. I'm John Hogue. Travis, we're short of brain, man. Well, we're always we're always down two brains. Now we're down <laughs> a third. No James Catullus here. But this is super flexible. We're gonna move on from the running back position dissection straight into the wide receivers. First of all, though. Good to have you back, Travis, and you missed out on most of our running back conversations, so uh, I'm going to give you a chance here to uh, to take some free shots at, at at least me. I'm sure you've got some uh, a little bit of an axe to grind with James, but let's be honest, most of your issues were probably with what I said last week anyways in your absence, so let's, let's hear it. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I basically, I, I tried to not write down every disagreement I had. I tried to limit it to just the ones uh, in which I found myself screaming at you guys alone in my car <laughs> while I was listening. Uh, so that is a depressing image. You know, it was okay. I'm all right. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. You're here. So there's really, you know, there's only a few really egregious um, takes that you guys had, and and frankly, just bad advice that that you gave our <laughs> listeners. I feel bad. I feel like I need to come on here and tell our listeners how they should really be treating these running backs in their dynasty leagues. Um, oh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so uh, we were kind of let, since we were starting, we were talking off air about Derrick Henry a little bit. So let's jump in with him. Um, okay. If I remember correctly, your take was he's basically the goat and, you should buy and hold for whatever the price for all time. Um. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there, there are a couple flaws in this already, but okay for for just for the sake of simplicity, let's do an abbreviated I'm version. Say for 2000, 2018, I do believe that I had him as a potential top five running back. So we'll, we'll say that. But, I mean, to be clear, the, the whole philosophy is when he is a top five running back in 2018, you ship him out just like everybody else. Okay. okay. So let's just go back a second. Yeah. I wasn't even going to go here, but since you mentioned it, <laughs> yes. there were, okay. over the last two episodes, for a guy that is – constantly chanting the mantra of you know you can't predict a top five running back these top five running backs aren't going to be top five running backs Mm -hmm. you predicted at least four running backs to finish in the top five next year i don't know if you knew this or not correct (laughs) correct well (laughs) because the point is and they were all it is they were all ones that weren't in the top five this year. So I so maybe yeah, that's the part that's you predictable. Just, yeah, so you just go down the line and pick some guys mm-hmm. that you think are good that weren't in the top five and you're like, Oh, these are gonna be in the top five. Is that is that pretty much how your thought process goes? <laughs> that again, you're oversimplifying that's it. That's what but, I do. Uh, for the sake of time, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> okay, okay, cool. That's basically cool. what I'm doing. So I, I, I think that's fair. All right. Anyways, back that's to Derrick Henry. I think I just I'm not I'm not high on Derrick Henry, and we can kind of just go back to what we were talking about a minute ago before we started recording. And he just every time I watch this guy, 
It's mm-hmm. extremely frustrating. I don't know what the deal is with with him. He is he's a huge monster of a man. He should be yeah. just slashing through these guys and just just powering through and gaining yardage. And every time I watch this guy, he's like stutter stepping behind the line. I've seen several plays where he literally will put his hand on his lineman in front of him and just wait for something to happen. And there's just, there's several instances I've, I've watched where he will turn a two yard gain into a three yard loss because he's trying to be LaShawn McCoy and he's not LaShawn McCoy. Just run the ball. Just go forward, Derrick Henry. Yeah, please. Please do. Be- I And I'm with you there. <laughs> so, I I mean, it would have been really easy for me to just say, that's what top five running backs do. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> you just feel around till you find the hole. Um, that's just, what she said. You know, kind of like that's yeah, that's that's what we did when we were eighteen, <laughs> uh, and uh, that's <laughs> that's what he does now. <laughs> and uh, we're gonna have yeah, to start over. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, th- that has to all get cut. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, but I'm I'm with you. Like the frustrating part about Derrick Henry is that he could be so amazing at this. Mm-hmm. If it, but. This it has to all click for him. This, this stutter stepping, this you know being afraid of contact, being afraid to go north and south, that has to stop. And I'm with you. And I, I guess I'm kind of banking on the idea that a spread offense helps with that. That uh, it helps to uh, you know for the hole to develop a little bit faster, um, so he doesn't have to feel around in the dark quite so much. <laughs> and. Uh, I think that I I I guess I'm just banking on the idea that uh, that an, a change in offensive philosophy brings with it more opportunities to run the ball because I mean I think that that's still going to be an important part of the Titans' offense. So, um, but as of now, I am with you. I guess I'm just kind of banking on. I, I'm making some assumptions, and I'm definitely taking some liberties. I'll give you that. Okay, so you agree that he's not as good as most people think, but at the same time, he's going to be a top five running back. Cool. So, <laughs> no, I'll just play. No, I get you. No, I got it. And I agree. Damn it. The, the upside is there. I'm not saying yeah. this guy's a nobody. He's, he's an elite athlete. It's just mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a vision thing, a hesitancy thing. I don't know what it is, but just what I've seen so far has me really, really doubting um, this guy's ability to be an elite running back in the NFL. Um, maybe my my um, biggest shocker here would be Jordan Howard. Mm-hmm. Um, for as far as uh, me differing from you and James in in when you guys were talking about the running backs, um, yeah. I believe if I remember correctly, you guys both um, said Jordan Howard is a buy uh, based on the the assumption slash expectation that the Bears may or may not be the uh, twenty seventeen Rams in twenty eighteen. Or basically, yeah. just just the fact that the offense is going to get better, right? That's the argument. The offense is going to get better. They brought in um, an offensive mind. The quarterback's in his second year. 
the offensive line is good, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I just don't, I don't agree. I, I think that Jordan Howard, not as much as Teon Green, but Jordan Howard's just another guy, man. He's mm-hmm. not this elite running back that is going to maintain a starting job for six, seven, eight years. I just, I think that, I think we've seen the absolute best out of this guy. And I mean, it's, he's, he is, okay, let's look back. So like we talked about this a lot, the top, the top running backs from even three years ago, right? Jeremy Hill, Eddie Lacy, CJ Anderson, like Jordan Mm -hmm. Howard is those guys. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. I no, I agree with you there. And and Here's he is question. going to drop off like those guys drop off. He's not yeah. he's not good enough. He's going to I mean sure the offense is going to get better and I wouldn't I'll give you I'll give you a decent to good 2018. He might have a decent mm-hmm. to good 2018. I think I yeah. think he's not going to have as good as the last 2 years. I think he's going to have a drop off even next year. And and a lot of it is, he's just not. Um, he's not special. He's not special, and and, and he can't and catch the football. There. And you mentioned that yeah. on the last on the last episode too, when you guys talked about him, he can't. He can't. Okay, so it's not that he just doesn't catch the football because mm-hmm. of Tariq Cohen. He's actually really bad at catching footballs. Yeah. Like he's really bad at it, <laughs> right. <laughs> right? I think. Right. I think he is the ultimate sell candidate, and he's the perfect example and like and and case study for your John your hashtag churn RBs argument. Yeah, this is Jordan Howard, dude, and shame on you for not seeing him as such. He is no, like your ultimate argument for getting out from under these guys before they're worthless. Uh, you're selling low on Jordan Howard, though. I mean, I don't know what 2018 holds, but here's a question. Do you buy into the narrative that you bring in Matt Nagy and now you have, with the Chicago Bears, you've got a repeat of what the L.A. Rams just did in 2017? No. Okay. That's fair. That that's the entire argument right there. And what what I said was, if you buy into that narrative that that's going to happen, the way that happens is Jordan Howard does the majority of that work. Sure, and it, I get I get that. Which but he's not as good as Todd Gurley. As well. He's not as good yeah. as Todd Gurley. He can't catch the ball Agreed. like Todd Gurley. He can't run the ball like Todd Gurley. Yeah. And and so he, I totally yeah, get the argument. I totally get it. And I, and I see. It's a very easy linear connection to make, right? Mm-hmm. With with these two yeah. offenses specifically, but I just and it definitely could happen. I just think mm-hmm. we're all we're all setting ourselves up in this trap of you know we do it every offseason with something or other, right? Like, oh, the Bears are going to be the next Rams. That's one thousand percent not guaranteed. And they could absolutely, it's a lazy, yeah, exactly. It's a lazy comparison. It's a lazy assumption. And it could, they could absolutely be bad again. I'm not saying they will be, but to say that they're going to make a huge leap like that, just because of the similarities, right? Like they have 
a QB going into his second year. They have a brand new offensive minded coach. They have a good offensive line. Like you, that doesn't mean they're going to be the same team. So I think that's, that's where I'm not really, I'm afraid to jump in on that. And I'm, I'm totally with you. I absolutely agree with that. And I'm not sold on, on the bears taking that leap. Um, it, there was a there was a time there were a few minutes there where I where it, it made sense to me because it is you know it's an easy analogy to to make but yeah I overall I think that it's that it's lazy analysis and uh, and I I am not willing to buy into it but what I do, what I will say is that if you believe that if you strongly believe that the Bears are going to take that step. And that they're going to be one of the top offenses because, you know, they're gonna they're gonna follow the same model that the Rams followed. That means that Jordan Howard is that's the way they do it is through Jordan Howard. So slash Tariq I Cohen. Mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I actually think Tariq Cohen is probably the guy to own. That I love Tariq Cohen, it, but yeah, um, that that one makes way more sense. But he's an electric I mean, he, playmaker. Jordan Howard is not an electric playmaker. Yeah. So, I mean, we get it. We're on the same page, I think. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Last one. We got to get onto these wide receivers, but y'all are crazy on Zeke. Give me all the Zeke all the time. He is one of the top three to four elite talents in the NFL, and he's 23 years old. I don't – I can't imagine – not wanting to have Zeke on my dynasty team. I don't want to get super into it. You guys Mm -hmm. trashed on him for like 47 minutes the other day. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. But I, 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 go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. I'll let let you finish your take on this. That's it. I just mean, I, I, you said it. I mean, you even mentioned that this is the point where Travis would chime in and say that suspensions aren't, uh, you can't bank on a suspension happening. You, they're not predictive. That's one thousand mm-hmm. percent true. Um, yeah. Which and, I agreed with, by the way, for the record. Yes, you did. You I, did. I pointed out that that's absolutely true. Right, and and the the workload we kind of talked about a little bit earlier too, being a little bit concerning. But I like when my running backs get twenty carries a game. That means I'm scoring a lot of fantasy points. And I get the argument that, yes, that is eventually going to lead to an injury. But this guy, I mean, you can't even put the injury-prone label on him. He hasn't had a major injury at all. He hasn't even, I mean, I don't even know if he's missed any games to injury. Yeah. So if you're getting, if, if, if you've got him in Dynasty, I mean, redraft is a totally different thing. But if you've got him in Dynasty... And he's getting 20 carries a game, and you just sit back and and you know put your hands behind the head and and enjoy the ride. You're 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 messing up, man. I mean, you're you're. But just somebody's got to get those fantasy points on their dynasty roster. Yeah, but somebody also is going to own him when he does when those when that volume does catch up to him. And that's fine. And even if he has a freak injury like David Johnson had. I'm still not going to say he's injury prone. I'm still going to value him just as highly. And I'm still going to expect him to produce the the following year. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't have to be injury prone 
to cost you your fantasy season. And that's fine. All it takes is one injury. Any I don't running think back Cook is injury prone. Any running back at but, any point in time can have a season. Any player at any point in time can have a season-ending in- injury. Mm-hmm. But we know for a fact that running backs with higher volume are more likely to have that happen. Sure, but your Chris Carson can have the same injury as Zeke Elliott can. But who's scoring yeah. me more points when they're healthy? Yeah, but again, we can predict it with we can't a guy go. who's getting that kind of volume. We can't. Yeah. We did we did we can't. predict but, David Johnson's injury? Did we predict Dalvin Cook's injury? Did we predict Chris Carson's injury? No. Yeah, but those those weren't injuries to high volume guys. I mean, David Johnson is a high volume guy, but right, I mean, he didn't. He first of all, he it wasn't a lower a lower body injury. Sure. That ended his season. Chris Carson and Dalvin Cook were. And those are just the two that I thought of yeah. off the top of my head. Yeah, and those guys hadn't they hadn't experienced high volume yet. Okay, you mean over a course of a career? Over a course of a career, over sure. a course of a season. Yeah, I mean, in but both that cases. that even strengthens my argument. Mm-hmm. In that these guys are just as likely as sustaining a lower extremity season-ending injury as some guy who's in week 13 who got 20 carries a game. It's, I just, I just, I don't, I don't know. I know we, we differ on this. We talk about it all the time. We need to move on, but <laughs> I just don't, I don't look, I, I don't factor that in as much as you do. And that's okay. I just, I want Zeke on my teams. He is one of the, he's one of the few elite game changing dynasty assets that can actually win you a season, a week. Uh, you know what I mean? So I, yeah, he, he's, he's that type of guy. And so I'm not going to sell him for, you know, I don't know, Jordan Howard and the 110 or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know that I would either. I'm just I know that's just a random. I believe in what he can but... do in 2018. I think the main point with Ezekiel Elliott was more that he's valued as an elite talent, and he has, you know, like I said last week, you when when you're talking about the guys at that level, when you're talking about Todd Gurley versus Ezekiel Elliott versus David Johnson, you have to split hairs a little bit. You know, because in most cases, you're not going to end up with both of them or, or all three of them. You know, it's typically going to be, I mean, especially since way too many people still do redraft or do snake drafts uh, to start their dynasty leagues. You're you're trying to decide between the three of them. And so for me, that's where you start to really put them under the microscope. And what Zeke has going against him for me is the fact that number one there is the the suspension risk and number two there's been quite a bit of volume already in his first year and a half in the league um, which to me does indicate that there's a a higher chance of injury um, in the net in the coming years so to me that's why that's where I would pick you know a Todd Gurley over as in Ezekiel Elliott if I actually believed in taking a running back that early but Anyway, so that that was kind of the point. 
Hey, real quick, this episode is brought to you by gtbets.eu, an official sponsor of the Super Flexible Podcast and the Dynasty Football Network. Are you looking to get some action in on today's games? Head over to gtbets.eu for all of your sports betting needs with updated odds covering all major sports. The bottom line, gtbets.eu will have you placing your first bet within minutes with their simple-to-use registration process. So register now and earn up to $500 in free money. Simply add Superflex in the referred by field to get the highest possible welcome bonus. That's Superflex, all one word, for your welcome bonus at gtbets.eu. All right, so let's get started with uh, the wide receiver position dissection um, now that we're done uh, battling it out on the running back position. Because, you know, we've we've been going position by position. We've been going down the uh, the final fantasy f- finishes for uh, each position. And now we're on the wide receivers. And we get to start at the top of the position um, at number one with Antonio Brown. And uh, let me... But let me just set this up a little bit because it's a little bit different conversation with the wide receivers than the running backs. In fact, it's a completely different conversation because the running backs actually, you know, they hold consistent value. So you're not going to hear me say that you've got to churn through these guys every year. If you get one of these top guys, you can assume that they're going to be back right where they were uh, the follow the the previous season. So that's and to me, Travis, it's just it's like wearing flannel pajamas. You know, it it's just this comfortable, warm, safe feeling that you get from having these top wide receivers. So this is uh, this this one has a soft spot in my heart. So let's get to these guys, um, and I'll uh, I'll let you set up the uh, the conversation here on the top of the wide receiver class. Wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so you you accidentally said running backs. I'm gonna go ahead and pretend that you intentionally said running backs on that segment there. Yeah. <laughs> Did I? Oh, Freudian slip. <laughs> You're right. They do maintain value. No. Um, so I kind of wanted to go into this one with a little bit of a uh, faux kind of uh, decision for you, John. A, a blind taste test. Uh, if I will. So um, kind of I'm just going to lay out two different wide receivers here uh, and and kind of lead into kind of a, a more overarching kind of mindset and dynasty team building slash lineup decision uh, preference uh, and see kind of where you where you land on this. So we had one guy. These are both top tier wide receivers and you kind of tell me after I lay this out who you'd rather have who you'd rather start on a week-to-week basis um so we've got one guy that had nine out of his 14 game or nine out of 14 games played finished inside the top 12 at the position um four out of five four out of the five other games though he was outside the top 36 and three of those were outside the top 50. So he had three absolute dud games, um, one pretty Ooh. dud game, but he had nine inside the top 12. Um, so he was kind of up and down. And then we had another guy who finished very closely, who had seven of his 15 games inside the top 12. Um, only two 
Outside the top 24, though, and that's the key difference. His worst finish was wide receiver 34. It was his only game um, in the 30s. All other 14 games were inside the wide receiver 30 mark, so significantly more um, consistent on a week-to-week basis, but not quite the same ceiling um, as the other guy. Oh, man. Yeah, and without knowing for sure who these guys are i mean i think i know the the names i'm just not entirely sure which is which um so i'm just gonna say that uh and without knowing their ages which is kind of an important piece of this um i'm gonna say that for me it's a it's a consistency i would way rather have you know a set it and forget it wide receiver one every single week who's going to produce for me and uh you know rather than somebody who's capable of of that monster game but also capable of the dud games yeah i completely agree and so the the inconsistent wide receiver believe it or not is antonio brown um the consistent wide receiver was deandre hopkins so they obviously finished one and two in ppr formats and you know obviously they're they're exactly almost exactly four years apart in age but not considering that even there's or, or I guess even considering that, there's a significant amount of people that have Antonio Brown still um, ranked as a higher dynasty asset than than DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think me and you both. I think me and you both have Hopkins higher uh, for dynasty. Mm-hmm. And just you know, when I was compiling these numbers for all these wide receivers, that just kind of stuck out as a, thor- a a sore thumb. And it was it was significant. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins didn't have a single week the entire year where he finished worse than wide receiver 34. And granted, 34 is not good. But when you've got Antonio Brown finishing three times in the wide receiver 50 range, that makes a difference, you know. And, you know, granted, he had two more games where he kind of won you your week, so to say, but or so to speak, but... Yeah, I think I agree with you. I'd rather have the guy that's going to get me that consistent, you know, 12 to 18 PPR points as opposed to the guy that's going to get me 40 and then two. Yeah. Yeah. And not absolutely. that Antonio Brown did that a ton, but it would definitely happen. Um, yeah. When we kind of talked about this with the running backs, I mean, you know, we just talked about this with Ezekiel Elliott too. But, you know, when you're, when you're looking at, especially in a startup draft, when you're looking at that, uh, that elite tier of wide receivers, you split hairs a little bit. And I mean, the the big thing for me is the age difference and also the age difference of their quarterbacks. Um, you know, the there it sounds like Ben Roethlisberger plays again in 2018, but I mean, he's he definitely brings us, he, he leads us down the same road every single offseason of he might retire. You know, and there were times in 2017 where it looked like that he should have retired. So that's a concern for Antonio Brown. Um, that just the age for Antonio Brown. I mean, I do think that you get another five years out of him. Um, but DeAndre Hopkins, man, you could have him for up to ten years, uh, performing at a, at this high level. So it, that is the number one factor to me. But consistency is right there too. And the fact that DeAndre Hopkins, you know, he's not going to let me down in a given week. 
that tells me that I, you know, when you get to the fantasy playoffs and you, you, you know, we've talked about this with Russell Wilson, it sucks when Russell Wilson lets you down in the, in the fantasy playoffs. It sucks when Antonio Brown lets you down in the fantasy playoffs. So if you can mitigate that risk without giving up a ton of fantasy points and, DeAndre Hopkins had less than one fantasy point fewer than Antonio Brown in 2017, then to me it's a slam dunk. It's a no-brainer. You go with the guy who is way less likely to give you that dud game when you need him to perform as a wide receiver one. Yeah, absolutely agree. DeAndre Hopkins was was the better wide receiver to own in Mm -hmm. 2017. Um, I mean, the one thing I'll say is he had fewer receptions, even though he played, what, two more games? One more. Antonio Brown only missed one. Yeah. Uh, No, Hopkins missed one. Brown missed two. Oh, okay. There you go. I think he sat. Antonio Brown sat week 17. Oh, okay. Which we don't care about that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, So... But yeah, so fewer receptions, and DeAndre Hopkins also had 13 touchdowns to Antonio Brown's nine. I, you know, touchdown dependency is a little bit, it, it, it gives me anxiety, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't know that 13 is necessarily a number that's going to be untouchable for DeAndre Hopkins again. That's kind yeah. of a lot for a wide receiver, but, you know, anything under... 15 and i and i feel like it's it's okay you you can yeah you can see that happening again and both of these guys are target hogs in their offenses so i mean we don't have much to worry about with these two dynasty owners aren't sweating losing sleep over these guys you're happy you have them um let's kind of go to the next guy keenan allen finished as the wide receiver three in ppr on the year which is still a little bit shocking to me yeah um I love this dude, but that's that's crazy. Um, so he he had four finishes inside the top six. So those are what I consider like absolute week winning weeks, right? Top six wide receiver finishes. Um, he had one more inside the top twelve. So five total inside the top twelve. He had three inside the top twenty four. So basically half. That 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 equals eight. Four plus one plus three, John. If in case you don't know, that's eight. And then sure? he had eight more outside the top twenty-five. So um, again, that that could be seen as pretty inconsistent. Um, mm-hmm. A little bit disappointing, honestly. When I look, when I was looking at the numbers, he definitely seemed like a plug-and-play kind of wide receiver. Uh, but he had he had eight weeks that really didn't do it for you. Um, I'm, I think I'm all in on Keenan Allen though. I, I think he's definitely like a top 10, top 12 wide receiver talent in the league. He's got Phillip rivers for at least, you know, three, four more years, um, a good offense. So I, I think we can fully expect not, maybe not my wide receiver three numbers, but wide receiver one numbers for, for Keenan Allen moving forward for the foreseeable future. Yeah, and I mean, you know, Antonio Gates is probably gone. He's a free agent. You can't imagine that the the Chargers would bring him back, you know, at 38 years old, 39 years old, whatever he is. And uh, 
So he's he should he's gone off the roster if he doesn't retire. Tyrell Williams is gone. You know, it, it just kind of funnels even more. I, I know I know from uh, um, off air conversations with you that you hate Melvin Gordon. So I so I mean we can assume that hate is a strong the... word. <laughs> is it is it appropriate though? That's the question. But I mean all all of that additional work probably funnels mostly to Keenan Allen, maybe, you know, somewhat to, uh, to Hunter Henry. But I, I mean, I don't know that Keenan Allen is, is maxed out at 102 catches and on 159 targets, um, six touchdowns is extremely low, I think. So I think that, uh, that there's still actually some room for Keenan Allen to improve. I'm with you. I would definitely like to see this dispersed over the course of the entire season rather than half of it. That doesn't do you a whole lot of good. But um, just the fact that there's still some room for improvement. And then the other thing is Keenan Allen, it, it feels like he's been in the league forever. He's only 20, he's only two months younger than, or two months older than DeAndre Hopkins. He's still pretty young. I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily call him injury prone, which people are going to do. You know, he did have, uh, he did have, was it torn ACL? He had, he, he's had some soft tissue damage, but I mean, the big one two years ago was, it was like a spleen or something like that. It was, it was, you know, not the, not a normal injury that, you can count on happening again that you can even assume is ever going to happen again. It's highly unlikely that it happens once, much less twice. So yeah, he had a, a kidney laceration in week eight of 2015, yeah. missed the rest of the season. And then week one of 2016, he tore his ACL. Yeah. Yeah. And then so, we 2017 played all 16 games. Yeah. And so the ACL concerns you a little bit. The kidney, that doesn't, you know, that, that's, like I said, that's unlikely to happen once, much less happen again. So, yeah, that's one of those freak accident things. But even even ACLs yeah. in this day and age don't concern me that much. I mean, that yeah. that is a absolute standard procedure. I mean, you know what I mean? Like the sports world has the ACL taken care of, guys. It's not that big of a deal anymore. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's it's just strange that for uh, you know, I still have a little bit of a mental block about Keenan Allen and I don't know for sure what it is. And like I said, I mean, part of it is the fact that it feels like he's been in a league forever even though he's barely going to be 26 years old when the season starts. But you know, it, it feels like he's been around forever and that his production should start to drop off. Um, but first, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I don't have him ranked anywhere near my top five. And and I probably should. You know, he's probably, I think he's probably top eight for me, but I don't know that I could bring him up to top five. I really don't. Yeah, I haven't updated my rankings. I mean, I'm severely needing a rankings update but um i've got him right now at wide receiver seven yeah yeah see and i mean i could easily make an argument to put him higher than that but i've I mean, got i mean we'll talk about this guy in a second 
Yeah. I've still got Julio ahead of him, and I think that's yeah. a mistake. That one's probably a mistake. And, and another guy that we're going to talk about, Michael Thomas. That one, I mean, I, I kind of stand by that, but I could make an argument for Keenan Allen over Michael Thomas. Yeah, it's close. It's close. Um, all right, yeah, so, I mean, I think we're on the same page there. Um, the next guy, wide receiver four. I mean, this is kind of what I was – I don't want to go off on a whole tangent here, but we're on wide receiver number four overall, and we're already talking about – how inconsistent these guys are and and just the the general wide receiver production on a weekly basis like oh, a wide receiver is much more likely to give you a wide receiver 55 week than a running back is to give you a, a running back 55 week when when they're all just just mm-hmm. apples to apples week five versus week five Antonio Brown versus Zeke Elliott or versus Le'Veon Bell. Mm-hmm. Antonio Brown's much more likely to 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 have a, a bad game than the running back is, and that's just be, just based on volume alone, right? Like, if he's a starting running back, he's gonna touch the ball twenty times. Antonio Brown will be lucky to have touched the ball eight times, ten times tops. Right, like that's insane numbers for a wide receiver. So, I understand you know the yards per reception is obviously greater than yards per carry, blah blah blah. But you know, you you volume is king in fantasy, and I would just remember looking back on these RB shows and not seeing as inconsistent of numbers as we already are at number four overall. Larry Fitzgerald. Granted, he we all know he's this old man. Love this dude, my favorite player of all time. <laughs> so, but um, he's he's just as is even you know if not even more inconsistent as Antonio. Definitely more inconsistent as definitely more inconsistent than Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, he's probably the most inconsistent so far. But he's the wide receiver four. That's my point, right? Is like the wide receiver four overall on the year had nine games, nine out of 16 games outside the top 25 wide receivers on a weekly basis. Yeah. That's insane. You started this dude every week and over half the time he let you down. But he's the fourth best option. Well, that's crazy. One thing that you have to keep in mind is this was an extremely down year for wide receivers. As it has been. uh, Maybe it's trended down a little bit. In the last two years, sure. But, I mean, we've seen seen this roller coaster before. We've We've seen it go from, you know, a passing league to a running league and then back again. And it's... I mean, this year you you had how many of your top quarterbacks were, were, you know, missed all or part of the season, a big chunk of the season in a lot of cases. You had, you know, quarterbacks that we expected to have a better year than they did. You know, Derek Carr, uh, uh, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, Dak Prescott, those guys were bad. And we thought they were going to be so much better than they were. And, uh, you know, they're 
the wide receivers are so dependent on the play of those quarterbacks. So, I mean, I think that there was a lot. Exactly. There was a lot that factored into this that I don't know is I, I, I'm not going to assume that that's going to happen again from year to year. Um, and the other thing to keep in mind is that everybody in your league is dealing with this exact thing, you know? So you can have it, you can gain an advantage by having DeAndre Hopkins as your wide receiver one. But I mean, were you really that much worse off by having, you know, Larry Fitzgerald or, you know, as opposed to, uh, Mike Evans, he was pretty inconsistent this year. You know, it, some somebody had had one of those guys on their team at all times. You know, there was only one DeAndre Hopkins. Everybody else was equally inconsistent. Yeah, and that's true. And most likely the league champion had DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald mm-hmm. because Larry Fitzgerald could be drafted slash traded for at a ridiculous uh, value. Um, so that's fair enough. Um, let's go on to wide receiver five was Jarvis Landry, which is incredible Mm -hmm. wide receiver five, John Jarvis Landry. Yeah. Um, just on, on volume. Yeah. So, I mean, he was actually, actually, is that true though? He, he scored touchdowns this year. He had a, he had an, he had a touchdown outlier season. Yeah. Yeah. Nine Um, touchdowns. That's, that's, by far his most in his career. I think yeah. the previous high was five. If I, that's just me that's shooting from the hip right. here, but um, yeah. So he had, uh, he had 10 games inside the top 24, which I know is a, di- a little bit of a different way of framing it than I have been. Uh, he only had two in the top six, but 10 of 16 games played. He finished in the top 24 for you. Um, obviously six outside of that, but that's one of the more consistent at, at the position. And we can get into, I mean, we could probably, we could bring Christopher beans on here for an hour to talk about (laughs) Jarvis Landry (laughs) and, and how he's not actually good for an NFL team and how he hurts an NFL team's success, um, with his inefficiency and, and low, uh, I don't know. I'm gonna pretend to know what Christopher Beans knows, but you know what I'm saying. Like he yeah. he might not be the most efficient receiver at an NFL level, but damn, is he catching the ball a lot? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, I mean his. So he had 15 fewer targets in it than Antonio Brown, and had 112 catches, which led the NFL. Yet he didn't even crack a thousand yards, you know. The nine that's touchdowns insane. is really kind of that's what insane. got him there. Yeah, and and I think that that's what Beans would point to, which you know, you, I don't know how you dispute that, <laughs> you know, like if you're catching a hundred twenty or a hundred twelve balls, how do you not go over a thousand yards? That's that's ridiculous. So it, and it it I'm I'm right there with Beans on 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 Landry because I just I am not a fan of you know the the guys who catch essentially long handoffs you know it, it's great for people <clears throat> Tyreek Hill 
<laughs> well, kind of, but he does something with it beyond that. So, but I, I mean, yeah, it's similar. I actually go back to, you know, Julian Edelman, Wes Welker, you know, kind of what the, what the Patriots like to do with those guys. And then, you know, there's actually some running backs who I would put kind of in the same conversation like Christian McCaffrey and Danny Woodhead. And those guys drive me nuts. And I know that they're good for fantasy, but I just, I I, I kind of don't care, man. You know, I, because it is really hard to count on somebody to catch that many passes without getting yardage. And especially, it's really hard to count on, you know, nine touchdowns or more going forward if, you know, if everything is going to be for under eight yards a catch. Yeah, totally agree. And I honestly don't know what to do with this dude. Yeah, I mean, it, it's such me, a crazy so situation. High. It could he he definitely could be. Yeah, and that's probably the smart move because I think the 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 probability is on your side there. <laughs> yeah, it's more likely that. Cause let's mention now he he's an undrafted free agent. Probably most people knew. I'm sorry, unrestricted. unrestricted. I've been doing that all day. He's an unrestricted free agent. Mm-hmm. Probably most people know that. He's he could come back. I'd say I'd give it a ten percent chance he's back on the Dolphins. Yeah, it sounds like they're not planning on having him back. Yeah. And you know, there's obviously gonna be two you know two sides of every argument and and there's going to be people claiming that a new situation is going to be even better for him and i saw i saw even somebody trying to use the pro bowl as an example of how jarvis landry could slash should be used and yeah because he, he got free on it yeah he route. got a deep ball from alex smith from alex smith so let's just talk about In the double <laughs> yeah double like unlikeliness there right alex smith yeah to, to yeah. jarvis landry deep ball but like in the pro bowl against a, I mean they're basically running like a high school defense right right but i'm just yeah. saying there's people out there that are that are going to say a new situation is going to be better yeah and i think i i, I think i lean towards you and beans by the way this is the second episode in a row we've mentioned christopher beans he is at Team Productive WR on Twitter, Team Productive Wide Receiver. So you guys should go follow him. He's awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I lean towards the I'm not buying in aspect of Jarvis Landry. And the, just the inefficiency is so insane. I don't know that he goes to a new situation and gets fed the ball the amount of times that Miami has fed him the damn ball with yeah with the amount of or lack of or lack of efficiency that he's produced for that offense i just don't right. see a team doing that it's just it's crazy to think that somebody's going to have a guy catch the ball 112 times for 900 yards <laughs> yeah that's so crazy yeah yeah it, it feels like what's the point of that it's, and that they're yeah. going <laughs> to they're, they're gonna just kinda... give the ball to Kenyon Drake damn it yeah, he's Kenyon Drake can do just can do the exact same thing without the you know the the potential of an interception 
or a strip sack or anything <laughs> like that. You know, right, right. He, he he accomplishes the exact. I would same love thing. to see the release time on Jarvis Landry targets. I bet yeah. you it's like, <laughs> I mean, they get they just they get it that shit out of there much so yeah. fast. Yeah. Yeah. To, Anyways. I mean, to, to get him for under eight yards, so, that yeah, right, it's crazy. So Jarvis, Land- are you are you actively selling Jarvis Landry right now? Try to get rid of him before free agency. I actually think that I would probably wait until he signs with a team. Interesting. I think okay. that there's still a little room for his value to inflate a little bit. Believe it or not, I mean mm-hmm. you definitely still lean on the the stats from this year, but you know you can also kind of. You can create the narrative that on a new offense, they're going to use him differently. And I don't think that they will <laughs> because I really think that that's who he is. But, I mean, you can you can spin it. So, yeah, I think I'm waiting till he signs with a team. All right, fair enough. So let's finish off this episode here with uh, another kind of player comparison. And this is pretty much the uh, the – the epitome of what I'm trying to express here in the inconsistent wide receiver versus the consistent wide receiver. And it kind of, it kind of plays into again with the other example of Brown versus Hopkins, the the name cachet and, and how we should value these guys based on what they're actually doing on a week to week basis. So we've got number six wide receiver, six Michael Thomas versus wide receiver seven, Julio Jones. Um, so not even considering age, again, they're almost exactly four years apart. But uh, they they both had three top six finishes, so three like elite week winning games, right? Um, Michael Thomas had one more inside the top twelve. Julio had zero, and then this is where it gets crazy. Michael Thomas had seven games more seven more games inside the top 24 weekly finishes julio had two and then outside the top 25 so these are like dud games right on a Mm. weekly basis michael thomas had five weeks where he finished outside the top five that's less than landry less than Fitz, less than keenan allen uh and less than no same as antonio brown so we're talking, this is, pre- this is pretty good. This is pretty consistent. And then Julio had 11, 11, <laughs> 11, 11. Do you know how many? so frustrating. John, tell me how many games are in an NFL season per team. There are 16 for 16, team. okay. For fantasy purposes, He had purposes, 11. Yeah. 11, yeah. John. For fantasy purposes, there are 15. They're fifteen, not in, yeah, not including set week seventeen. Yeah, he had eleven yeah, out of pie. eleven out of sixteen games played. Yeah, eleven out of six. I just can't say that enough. Eleven yeah. out of sixteen games played. Julio Jones finished outside of the top twenty-five wide receivers for that week. Yeah, I mean, he's. I don't touchdowns. I don't want to start this guy. <laughs> that is insane. Yeah. Yeah. I know. That's insane. I, yeah, I know. And I, I mean, I kind of predicted just kind of an all-around, you know, a, an all-around downturn 
for the Atlanta Falcons offense going into this season. And I thought it would start with Matt Ryan, and sure enough, it did. But what's crazy is Matt Ryan wasn't good. This offense wasn't wasn't good, but they weren't as bad as Julio Jones. This is ridiculous. Like I said, three touchdowns. He scored all of them in two games. And one of the touchdowns, it was against the New England Patriots, and he literally had to rip it away from from Malcolm, uh, rip the ball away from Malcolm Butler, in a play that only Julio Jones could make, and he can only make that once a year. So, other than that, I mean, they beat up on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers like everybody else does. Yeah, to me, Julio Jones is the most talented wide receiver in the NFL. And I want absolutely nothing to do with him when it comes to fantasy. It's so crazy, man. He had one touchdown in week seven, two touchdowns in week 12, and that's it. Yep. And then that that week 12 game, he also happened to have 253 yards. He scored 38.8 fantasy points that that week. Yep. I just... He he topped a hundred yards two more times this year. I just I it's so it's so insane the the inconsistency and I I get why I mean people have been complaining about having to own this guy. <laughs> it totally makes sense and it's so crazy because he's I'd legitimately not even play. <laughs> he's legitimately one of the best receivers of all time. Yeah, and that's the craziest part of it. Yeah. Because he's just not producing on a weekly basis. Yeah. The physical gifts are unreal, but that just, it does nothing for you if he's scoring three touchdowns in a season. And, uh, I mean, 88 receptions, too. That's that's just not good enough. Um, But but he finished wide receiver seven, John. Julio Uh, Jones is the wide receiver seven. Yeah. With... You know, the second most receiving yards in the NFL. That's how he did it. And, I mean, that they're just maybe in standard scoring, you know, without PPR, that brings him up a little bit in the rankings, like back into low-end wide receiver one territory for me. But, I mean, three touchdowns and 88 receptions in PPR, that's horrible. That you have to get more than that out of that guy, you know the the yards mean absolutely nothing when he's only catching eighty eight passes for three touchdowns. That's just not good enough. So he, uh, Michael, he finished he finished wide receiver six in standard scoring. Yeah, non PPR. Yeah, so he so, moved up I mean, one spot. Yeah, which also he, just to give a a little bit of a a preview to our next episode here. He finished behind Tyreek Hill and Marvin Jones in yeah. <laughs> in non PPR scoring. Let that sink yep. in for a second. He finished number six. Yep. Touchdowns. That's crazy. Um, he, you have to score touchdowns. You have to get touchdowns from those wide receiver ones. And speaking of that, Michael Thomas really only had five of them. He had high volume. And the the scary part for Michael Thomas going into 2017 was you know there was the possibility that this is the last year for drew Brees, at least in a saint's uniform and i mean i think that that i don't think that that's gone away 
at this point going into 2018. But I think the concern has gone away from me or for me because I think that whoever the quarterback is, I mean, you just you 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 have a big target in Michael Thomas. He's a downfield threat. He's a chain mover. He's just kind of the do it all wide receiver that you lean on regardless of who you are and how good you are as a quarterback. So for me, Michael Thomas, even though the stats the stats aren't great, you know, 104 receptions is is nothing to sneeze at necessarily. Um, five touchdowns, I would like to see that improve, but I still have Michael Thomas inside my top five just because of the physical threat that he is and the role that he's got in that, in that offense. Yeah, totally agree. I love I love Michael Thomas. Um, and then we've got so we were through wide receiver seven. I we've got number eight is kind of where it gets a little bit more interesting for me. Uh, and we will uh, be back in a few days to talk about that. Nice tease. That's done like <laughs> a pro right there. <laughs> All right. All right. We're gonna wrap up this episode. And uh, just thank you for listening and definitely tune in again here on Friday when, uh, when we continue the position dissection of the wide receivers on the Super Flexible Podcast. Until then, bye. Get my